With Reading Eggs, your homeschoolers will enjoy a highly personalized learning journey designed to support them at every stage. Plus, you'll get four programs in one with your subscription. Reading Eggs, Reading Express, Reading Eggs Junior, and Fast Phonics. The interactive lessons are based on scientific research and feature colorful animations, fun music, and exciting rewards to motivate your children to learn. Try it today with a free 30-day trial at readingeggs.com. Hey, hey, welcome to the Homeschooler's Handbook, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and your go-to resource for all things homeschooling. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just beginning your journey, this podcast is designed with you in mind. I'm Jen, your host, veteran homeschool mom and owner of Top Picks Homeschool Curriculum Fair. Whether you're seeking guidance on curriculum choices, looking for inspiration to rekindle that enthusiasm, or simply want to connect with a community that understands your challenges and joys, the Homeschooler's Handbook is for you. I'm glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the Homeschooler's Handbook. I'm really excited about today's episode. This is one of my favorite people that I have had the pleasure of meeting over the last couple of years, Meryl Vandemerva. She is a veteran homeschool mom. She homeschooled her four children. And during that time, she taught at a homeschool co-op, which amazingly, she still teaches at that co-op. She also teaches at Funda Funda Academy which I want to share more about later. It is an online school that you guys really need to know about. Meryl, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to introduce you to these great people. Um, Today, guys, we are going to talk about 12 ways to use tech in your homeschool. So ways to use tech in your homeschool. So Meryl, before we like dive into the, to the list, can you tell us a little, like, what what is your background in technology? So I must just first admit that um, my family all think I'm the least technological person they know. <laughs> it is it is really funny that they do not think that I am equipped to actually run the podcast that I do, which is homeschooling with technology and this topic. But um, when I was a teen many, many years ago, back in South Africa, where I come from, uh, we got the opportunity to learn how to code. But the only way I'd learned programming in those days was going to the local school and uh, a local high school. And there was just one school and you went after school and learned. So from that was one of the sides of the tech that I started getting learning how to code. And so that was as a high school student. And those was still in the days where we literally just sent things away um, and somebody else typed it up and put it through those big mainframe computers. When I got to college, I just did one class in it. I actually majored in English and German, but we used punch cards. We were the last bunch to use punch oh, cards. Wow. So that long ago. But at home, my dad was very, uh, my dad is an electronic um, engineer. Um, He has his PhD in that. And so he kept up with what was going on in technology. And we did come to visit the US quite a few times. And, you know, computers started coming in and he started like buying 
the, from the first ones that got bought in South Africa and exposing us to computers and all the tech that went with it. So it mm -hmm. was from my high school that I was playing on video games, learning to code and all those things. And then carried on doing that as I, you know, a little bit at, at college, but then I couldn't get a job with English and German. So I ended up working at Shell um, the, uh, as in the gas station, but the gas head station. office, <laughs> but at the head office, not the gas station. So at head office and they sent me for further training in, programming and so that's what I did there I I coded um, I was there the programmer on the payroll side and wow. so I learned a lot more on that side and ended up running then my own business which uh, we produced software and it just kind of went on from there and because then my kids all arrived and all got techie and my husband has is real good with technology I was always the one at the back, just trying to keep up. I was the last one in the family to get an iPhone. You know, it was like, I was good with the old fashioned ones. And I knew if I didn't, I wouldn't keep up. Um, so they still will grab the phone out of my hand and go, mom, you're so slow, you know, when I'm trying to do something. But I, I, I do my best and I now teach a lot of technology too. And uh, yeah, I know more than it sounds like I know, but yes, I've been using tech basically since I was a teen. That's awesome. That is awesome. So you definitely have the credentials, I would say. <laughs> so your kiddos come along. You have four. What, what made you decide to homeschool? So we moved here from the U.S. And when we moved, they were between the ages of three and 13. So the youngest obviously wasn't at school yet. And the oldest, the older three had all been in school. And they, um, we came in the middle of a school year because South Africa, it's a calendar year. So we came in the January and they just all finished the year that they would have been halfway through in the U.S. So we decided just to keep them at home and just you know, acclimate them to what it was going to be like to live in America and to make sure they were wearing the right clothes and had the right haircut and all those kinds of things. <laughs> and obviously, I also then thought, well, I should just teach them the basics of things that I'm assuming all Americans would know. And that's how, so we were just homeschooling to tread water because, you know, you can't not do any school with your kids from January until August. Yeah. Um, I, I did realize, even with my lack of knowledge of what a teacher was, that that wouldn't work well. So we did a lot of things together, um, just learning geography and U.S. history and um, Star Spangled Banner, you know, just and then each oh, of the kids awesome. were just kind of doing workbooks that I bought. I think at Sam's to keep them up with their math. I had no idea what I was doing, but That's we had awesome. a really good homeschool group at the church we were at, mm -hmm. and I started attending that, and that was one of the big reasons that kept us homeschooling because I saw what they were all doing, and um, the group was doing a lot of fun things. And then I also saw the restrictions of schools and how they don't let you take the kids out to travel. In South Africa, it's not an issue. You just say, hey, we're going to be overseas for three weeks and they give you some work and you go. In mm -hmm. um, the state I'm in, it's like 10 days later, they throw you in jail because why are your kids not in school and no yeah. excuses are helped. And I was like, mm, didn't really like that. And we like to travel. So and the kids liked homeschooling. And at the end, we put it to a vote because we wanted them to have a say. They were old enough. And they all yes. voted to homeschool. And so began my homeschooling journey. And they're all now graduated and moved on. And I'm still I'm still homeschooling other people's kids now. I love that. I love so it was just a natural progression how you how yeah. you even got started. That's awesome. Okay. With all of your tech knowledge, how can technology help best help a mom who is homeschooling today? Okay, so obviously I have an entire podcast on homeschooling with technology. So yes. today <laughs> I am not going to be here for hours. <laughs> so I'm going to just distill this into three areas. 
how okay. it can help the mom, how it can help prepare your kids for college and careers, and how it can make learning more engaging. And I'm just going to give you four different ways in each of those different areas, just to make it obvious how, you know, some of the things and some of these things you may know and some may, you may have thought about, but this is definitely just uh, a beginning. And then if you want more, come and listen to my podcast. So just, that, that link will be in the show notes. <laughs> so just, it's wherever you get podcasts. So you can find it in all the normal places. So to start with, um, for a homeschool mom, I think it's a great tool for when you are planning. Because, you know, if you use pen and paper, even if you start with pen and paper, I know some people really struggle to think unless they've got a pen in their hands. Even if you do that, I would suggest transferring it. Because unless you've been on one child, you've got more coming, you want to remember what you did. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can lose a piece of paper, losing something in the cloud is a whole lot harder. And which is one of the reasons why I love using all the Google Drive uh, apps, because they're in the cloud and you can access them wherever. And even if your, um, you know, your kid destroys your laptop by mistake, it's still there in the <laughs> cloud. So planning, you know, everything to do with planning, when you're deciding, you know, you're sort of thinking through your different um, curricula that you want to use the next year, and maybe you're starting to make a list of the items that you need to buy for each of the different classes your child might be taking, or whatever it is, you can start listing that, you can start, if you have a list well in advance, you can start looking out for good deals, whether it's eBay or Amazon, or whatever you're looking for, whatever you need, um, you can keep it all organized, Google Sheets is great. You know, it's just super simple and you can just, you can, you know, color things and highlight them and check mm -hmm. things off as you go along. Um, you can also total it. So, you know, you can also look and see, okay, how much am I in for if I choose this and realize, no, okay, that's over my budget. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so everything to do with that is great. And then you can also, you know, once you know what you're doing and you have a plan, especially as you have older kids, you can put your plans online so that you can share them with your kids. Um, there are various different ways of doing this. My favorite way, which I didn't do at the time because it wasn't around when I was homeschooling, but I now do it for um, the teams that I coach. Uh, I coach the Science Olympiad team and that's the way we teach the kids is to use Trello. Uh, Trello mm. is very versatile and um, you literally can have um, different lists for different children or for different activities, however you want to do it, and you assign your children their work. And they can go there independently and do it and check it once they have done it. And you can see. So even if you're not at home, you can monitor what they're doing. Um, and it's just, you know, it's all in one place and they know what's going on, especially if your child, I mean, they can do it on a computer, but also as they're getting older they and they have an app, there's an app as well. So it's just a really good way of, of um, having a look. So that's just, you know, just on the planning side of things, I just think it makes so much sense to actually be putting everything, uh, you know, on, on some kind of, you know, and digital planners, et cetera. And kind of related to that would be record keeping, you know, once they actually start. And this becomes, obviously in some states want the records being kept, but it's, I'd say it's even more important for when, if your children are going to go to college um, in those mm -hmm. high school years. And, um, you know, the nice thing with Google and Trello and all the rest is that, you know, you could share it with your kids. I used Google Sheets to keep track of all those things. Again, um, yeah, I just found it very easy. But it means that you and your child are sharing the same sheet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can either be driving. I'd be driving somewhere and say to my daughter, you know, okay, go, go put that down um, on the sheet and keep track of it. Because you need to keep track of all the experiences they're having, um, you know, whether they're going to some kind of a conference, whether they've just won a medal, whether, um, you know, the extra books they read during the summer, um, 
some kind of special award they they get for doing something, anything that might come into play when they're trying to apply for scholarships in college, Mm -hmm. you need to have it somewhere. And, uh, you know, having it somewhere is accessible to both of you is, is just great. That's a good point. Then, okay, that's number two. Number three, um, when, you know, sometimes particularly when your child is younger, they'll kind of go down rabbit trails sometimes, or you decide you want to like focus on something. It's time of the year, you know, it's Christmas and you want to do something a bit more Christmassy or, or they've just got into dinosaurs and you're wanting to give them a few extra assignments and let them delve a bit into it. Well, I would suggest that now the way to go is chat GPT or another AI tool. It is fantastic. I have a whole episode on, you know, when I actually kind of live created a unit study on electricity. Now, AI still has its limitations and you have to check it out and check that what it tells you is right. And sometimes when you ask for links, like I, you've been using Claude um, quite a bit and it will give you links, but they are still what they call hallucinated. Um, it will give me a link like, you know, I'll be using something to do with geography and I'll ask it for some links and it gives me a link to a National Geographic page. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it comes up with a 404 error. And I don't believe there was ever a page like that. <laughs> I think it just thinks National Geographic should have a page like this. So, But I know this is going to improve in years to come. But right yeah. now, though, it will actually give you ideas on what to cover. It will give you ideas for books. So you can go to the library. So whatever age your child is, you can ask it, you know, for books that are that, you know, appropriate. And you can go out and and get books. Um, You can also ask it for ideas for projects. And so, you know, you can ask it to create some games based on the topics. Mm -hmm. There are just so many different things. So whether it's a whole unit study or just, you know, you're just wanting to expand on some topic. If you're feeling brain dead, um, that's where I turn. You, we all now have a really personal assistant that you can ask it to do things. And if it doesn't give you exactly what you want, just keep going back and asking it again until you're happy with it. It is a bit like a teenager that it only half listens sometimes <laughs> <laughs> with some perseverance. I am usually successful. I know it's it's called prompt engineering, getting those prompts right. I'm I'm still not that good at it. And it normally takes me about three attempts, but I get there. And then the third way I'm going to say for you as a mom for help is if you have children of different ages, tech is great for homeschooling. For instance, um, read alouds. Okay, I'm a big believer in read alouds. Mm-hmm. But when there's one of you and, you know, you've got four or five kids that all need to be read aloud to and perhaps they're not at the same level. So you read different books. Um, there's only one of you to do it in person, but an audio book can stand in for you. Mm-hmm. Um you could, I mean, these other things on YouTube, there are quite a lot of books that are read aloud. And you could even Zoom with a grandparent and get them to read. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of ways where you can give somebody else that job of like reading aloud and, and using the tools that we now have. Um, obviously, it's it's also just great for travel because you can also now, you know, take some in books. We went around the world at one point for seven weeks and we had to take all our books with us as paper books we kind of dropped them on the way and exchanged them for souvenirs but it was tough you know now you just take your kindle and you're all set Mm -hmm. but definitely you know it's it's also the fact that if you know that you need to spend some one-on-one time with a child who's struggling with math and you've got another young one you can put you can assign them a youtube video to watch 
It's just, you can now, you know, you, you'll have to think about it and what you do, but there are ways of educating and doing what you need to do with one child while you're busy with the other, where, you know, in the days before there was so much out there, you would, you know, be, you know, you might be able to give one of them a workbook to do, but it just makes the whole thing a whole lot easier mm-hmm. with tech. So those are my ways for the mom. Um, then if you're looking at how to prepare children for uh, your children for college and careers, uh, got a couple of different ideas here. The first one I'm going to pick up again on the on the Google and saying Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're all doing this already because first of all, your children at college are going to be uh, typing uh, their their work. Nobody's going to want a handwritten essay. Um, I know just recently one of our teachers I think was mentioning the fact that the child was, you know, some parent had mentioned the child was taking a long time to do all the assignments because they were used to handwriting them. Um, and, you know, that's, you don't handwrite when you're mm-hmm. working for somebody, everything is, so get your children used to that as soon as possible. So I would say in elementary, once they've learned to, to, to write, switch them into learning how to type and how to actually work on a Google Doc. The nice thing from a mom, just kind of, this is the link between the last one, helping moms, um, is that with Google Docs, it's an easy way for you to grade your children's work or to give feedback. I mean, I wasn't terribly worried about an actual grade when they were younger, but you can put feedback right on that Google Doc in a comment and your child can then look at that and fix it. You know, with teens, when you're sometimes missing each other, you know, when they're there, you're with a younger child and then they're out, it's, you know, whatever practice, when they're sitting at 11 o'clock at night doing their work as teens like to do and you're sleeping, they can see what you had to say. You know, it's it's all there for them. So using yeah. Google Docs is something they need to learn and it's something that, you know, helps you too. Um, secondly, I would suggest that all your children should learn to code. Now, obviously, at the beginning, you heard I'm a programmer, so obviously I like that. Um, I am fully aware that AI can now generate code. I know. <laughs> I've been keeping up. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, I know it can create code. I know it can fix code. But it's the same thing. We still teach our children how to do basic math, even though we all have calculators. Yes. Because you can't use that calculator effectively if you don't understand what you're doing. And it's the same thing. You know, I don't think that people are going to have to write all the code from scratch as I had to do just the same way as, you know, you're no longer going to have to, you know, do long division all the time, et cetera, anymore. But you can't, you're not going to be able to be a software engineer unless you understand what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I do think your children should still learn to code because everything out there these days is coded, obviously, including AI, so that mm-hmm. they can understand what's going on, teach them the basics, and then they can use the tool to speed things up. Correct. I agree. Um and then online classes. No, okay, I teach online classes. <laughs> We're kind of a fan. This, no, and, and I don't think that everything should be an online class. So even though I teach online classes, please do not sign your kid up for six classes from us. You know, mm-hmm. I actually think a mixture is a good idea. So when I'm saying this, it's not in there like your children should only be on online. In fact, I really, really suggest that you don't make all your children's classes online. Um, I just think it's really bad for them. So a mixture, but some of that mixture should be an online class because when they get to college, that is what they're going to be doing. Even if they're attending in-person classes, you know, if it gets, you know, we, we learned during COVID when everything got shut down and so much went virtual, 
that they could keep going by being virtual, but still a lot of classes are only virtual. So you might find your child can't get the in-person class they want because it's only offered, you sort of offered the right time or whatever. I know my youngest daughter ended up with hardly any classes on campus um, in her senior year. Uh, and, and it was after COVID. So being able to navigate an online classroom situation is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use, so Funder Funder uses Canvas, which is the the one that is most used in universities. Um, there are other others too, um, like Moodle and Blackboard, and they're all fairly similar. Some universities have their own own version. So once they've learned one, they get the idea as to what's going on, how to you know see what your professor is messaging, where are the announcements, how to know what your grade is, how to see how much more you have to get to do on this next assignment to get an A. You know all those things are in there. Um, just how to submit your work, uh, how to know when the next thing is due. All those skills our children should be learning now, those are our life skills to learn mm-hmm. before college. It's not just something you don't want them to get to college and that's the first time there's an online class and they have no idea how to turn a paper in. Um, they, they're going to feel, you know, really at a disadvantage. Uh, so, you know, and even classes that are live in person, they are not going to be doing a handwritten essay and handing it to the professor. They're not even going to be doing a typed essay and handing it to the professor. They're going to be submitting it online. Mm-hmm. All the assignments are going to be online. And so that's something you need to, to teach your children. And I would suggest like the classes we teach are asynchronous. So there is no live component, but they do have to, there are deadlines. So ours are similar to what most university online classes are like, where everything is just put there and the students are expected to work through it and get work in the deadlines. But some university classes are also live online classes. And I would suggest your children do both, (laughs) at least one of both, so that they actually know how to behave. And, you know, do you have to have your camera on? Do you have to have it off? Um, And just get used to listening and realizing how much you need to listen, that if you're not going to, you know, you can just put it on in the background. It's not going to help you if you're not actually paying attention if you need to. So it's just a lot of skills. Let them rather fail when they're in high school than Mm -hmm. when they're at college. Um, And, you know, I think the online maybe start introducing them in middle school. They don't need a lot. Uh, I don't think that elementary, I mean, obviously if you find some cool class on out school, you want to put your kid in. I'm not saying don't ever use it, but I would say it's one of those things that you, you increase the tech as they get older, but also something offline is not a bad idea. Then the last one in this category um, is to make sure that part of what your children are doing as assignments are digital projects. Uh, don't just let them do something where all they're doing is like multiple choice questions to see if they actually, you know, know what's going on. I don't think, first of all, that's a really good gauge of anything. I, I yeah, it's, I won't <laughs> go into that, but I don't think that's what we should be doing to check if our kids have mastery of a topic. But more than that, digital projects are fun and exciting to do, and they teach tech skills, which they're going to need. All my children, when they got to university, had to do videos at some point. I remember my daughter, who majored in Spanish, had to do a whole video on um, something or other, all in Spanish. And, you know, so they had to take the video, they had to edit it, all that. Again, let them do this in high school so that they're ready. If they take funder funder classes with me, they will be doing that as part of the class. I love digital projects. Digital posters, you know, being able to use Canva. Canva is a tool every kid should know how to use because they're going to need it. 
Um, maybe it's just audio, you know, but it's all those things they should be learning how to do them so that when they get assigned them at college, obviously slideshows, they know how to do them well and they're not thrown into it. Um, my youngest daughter actually got her first job on the strength of a slide. She had to make a slideshow and, and present it with the slideshow at her job interview. So she used Canva and she put it all together and she didn't know how to use it all. And they oh, had wow. to, she literally had to send it. They, they gave her like the theme that they kind of explained what they wanted her to do. And she had to basically pitch herself to them with a, a slideshow. And, uh, you know, if she hadn't been able to do that, she wouldn't have landed that job. They had like 80, 80 people applying and she got it. Awesome. So her tech skills came into play. Which now takes me on to our last four. And that's making learning engaging. And I'm going to, again, do a transition from the last one I said into this next mm -hmm. one. Those digital projects, obviously, I think they are engaging. Mm -hmm. But more than that, I think they make the learning exciting for kids when you share their projects with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, when your child is doing a project for mom and dad, it's not that exciting. <laughs> when you are doing it and you're showing it to granny and grandpa and the world in general or whatever else, it's they know others can see it. And digital projects, you can do that easily. doesn't matter if granny and grandpa don't live in the same town. You're not just holding up something that they're doing. You are sending it to them. Mm -hmm. And you are saying, look at this video. Look at this postcard. Look at whatever it is that my child has made. Um, again, in Funder Funder, a lot, in a lot of our classes, we do that. When the students have to do projects, we then put them on Padlet, which is like a big pin board. And they can all see each other's. So like photography, they all see the photos the other one's taking. Um, at the moment in geography, I'm making them all create a leg for the amazing race. So yes, they, I mean, and they put those on a padlet. Then they all look at each other's. So they know someone else. They know they have an audience. Mm -hmm. And having that audience makes the child um, try harder and be more invested. And it's fun for them when someone comes back and goes, wow, you did a great job. Yeah. So that's the first thing is share what you are doing and digitally it's easy. Um, the next thing is webcams. If you're studying animals, webcams are fantastic. Uh, you know, just hearing about a gorilla isn't nearly as exciting as watching a webcam. I know around about the beginning of next year, the eagles will start to be laying eggs in their nests. And so if you watch some of the eagle cams, you get to watch the whole thing. And, you know, your kids can get invested in it. You can get them to journal what they're seeing if you want. You know, you can, it can, so you could, you could use it as an English project <laughs> because you could get them to yeah. journal as you're going as well as a science. You can like mix everything. But again, if your child really gets into a specific, you know, animal, this is a great way to let them watch and see and get involved. Um, and then there's online games and simulations. Uh these, there's just so much out there that's free. So two of my favorite when it comes to simulations is FET, P-H-E-T from CU Boulder. And it's got a whole lot of science um, simulations there and math. Uh, we use them actually a lot in, uh, I, I know our chemistry teacher uses them in her chemistry class. Uh, but in Science Olympiad, which I coach, I don't teach science classes, so I don't use them in Finder Finder, but <laughs> she, so she does. Um, but we give them to the students because when we're doing things like density, they have really great simulations 
that you play around with. They've got a fantastic electricity one where you actually create circuits. So if you don't have the wherewithal to do a hands-on, you can do hands-on online and you actually put your bulbs and your batteries and you join them all together. And if you have too much power coming through, you literally cause a fire, but the fire is on your computer instead of it in your house, which we really did once when I was homeschooling. <laughs> so it's safer doing it online too. It'd be safer it's, too. It's, it's, it's really fun. Um, one of my favorite online games, well, set of online games is if you're doing anything to do with government is iCivics, which has so many games. Some of them are on iPads, so you could do it there too, but they're also online. I use them on my government classes because just because the high schoolers doesn't mean your kids aren't ready for some fun. Mm -hmm. And there's like ones that teach the amendments. Uh, okay, I must say I've played this one so many times <laughs> because it is so fun. Have you ever played Do I Have a Right? <laughs> Okay, so you're you're the lawyer at a little law firm and um you're running around, people are coming in and they're coming up with their complaints. They are mad about their neighbor or something. Mm -hmm. And you first got to decide, is this something that actually you could have a case about? And so you then agree. And then you've got all these different lawyers and you've got to assign them. You're like the office manager and you've got to say which lawyer they've got to go to. And there's like little signs up saying this one's good at the Fifth Amendment and this one's good at the Seventh. So you've got to remember what the different amendments are oh, wow. to like send them to the right one. And you get dinged big time if you actually take on a client on something that there is no amendment for that. Um, I got totally hooked. Uh, I haven't looked at it for a while because I know what happens. Every time I try it out, very often I think, <laughs> I need to try this out just to make sure it's still useful. And then I'm and then I'm down that rabbit hole for the next hour or so. Oh, how fun. But they've got everything about how to win the White House. And it's totally bipartisan. There is no, you know, sure. there's it's just how it works. It's it's sure. it's just literally this is what you do, and these are what happens, and these all these little games, and the kids love it. And then the final one I want to say is a virtual field trip. Mm. There are so many. Um, in my history classes right now, the kids are going to Machu Picchu and various um, castles and things and wandering around and seeing what they're learning. But don't just think it's good for history. In my Jane Austen class that I teach, um, we actually go to Jane Austen's house. And you can walk around it just like you walk around um, Google Streets. I hope you've all played in Google Street View because that's yeah. so fun, walking around the streets. And you can walk around a house like that and then you click on things and you learn about it. So it's almost as good as being in her house where you can actually like you see everything that's in the house and you can push things and get more information and all that. And then, of course, when you're doing literature, you know, if you're reading about a character that's from a specific city and you've never been there you mm -hmm. know, you can go there and you can walk around. And if she's like seeing things, you can, you can go to the Eiffel Tower. You can, you can walk in the areas and see, and, you know, that just now transports your children to the place. And you're teaching a little bit of geography along with whatever you're learning. I mean, even if you're learning about scientists, you know, where did they come from? Um, but you can, you can just so often just Google virtual field trips for whatever subject you're doing. And it takes a few minutes, but you know, if you sit and do this in the summer, and again, you use all those planning tools. So you've got it all set up for you on Trello mm -hmm. or on a Google spreadsheet. Then it's not so bad. That's a great idea. And and how you just brought that back. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> right. That's a speech teacher. I love, in me. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're a fabulous teacher. You are. I can listen to you all day long. Um, that is a lot of information, a lot of good information that you just gave these parents. Uh, we will recap it in the show notes for sure. But Meryl, you were, you mentioned uh, Funda Funda. 
Right. And the, can you just give a brief summary? Like what type of classes do you guys offer? I'm going to put a link in the show notes, of course, but what kind of classes do you offer? So most of um, our focus is on our middle and high school classes. Um, okay. And so they're all asynchronous. Mm -hmm. So you can, um, you know, you, there's no specific time. You don't have to be like in a live class. Um, Spanish has a conversation hour and she has various options so people can find times that work for them. But most of our classes are graded by the teachers. And so we do have deadlines. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's like every Friday, you, the children are expected to get all the work in. So it's not like you just do it at your own time, expect to be graded. We have just recently added a couple of classes now, which are completely self-paced and then the parents grade. So those are obviously a bit cheaper because we don't have to do it because if we're doing right. it, you know, we don't want to grade or, you know, I can't grade two children on this module this week and another two on the other module, you know, mm -hmm. it gets out of hand. But if the parents and we go, obviously we give rubrics and all that. So those are for the older ones. But then we also have unit studies um, and that's from fourth through eighth grade mainly. But there are a couple that are appropriate for high school. And on those unit studies, um, those are like four, they're always four modules. So the idea is they'll take about a month and we have a variety of topics and all of them involve a lot of interactive tech. So it is something you can just open and go. You, you need you need obviously Wi-Fi. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. And then it will be, there will be games and there will be cool videos to watch. There will be, you know, ways to the kids to practice what they're doing. There will be projects, digital project. Each module has that. Um, and as I said, we've got history topics. We've got science. Um, we've got geography. There's, there's quite a lot of, of different topics. You can just go onto our website. But if you want to try them out, I do want to just give you a special deal here. If you use the code FUN, F-U-N, then you can get any one unit study for $5 instead of the 20 that they cost. So that way you can, at a very low cost, just get it. And, and our main classes, we've got languages and sciences and, you know, history, English. I, I teach programming, needless to say. So um, we have almost everything. Uh, math, we probably will add statistics next year, but that's about the only thing we don't have. But everything else that you could imagine, the basics we have. Fabulous. That was very generous of you. I will put that coupon code in the link in the show notes. And Meryl also has a free download for you guys uh, oh, yes. <laughs> with for digital resources. That'll be in the show notes as well, as well as her full bio, which I encourage you to read. She is, you are just a neat, neat person. I get, I could talk to you all day long. I, I learn from you every time we talk. <laughs> It's just, it's just the case of where you are, you know, it's just the things yeah. that happen to you and your own circumstances. It just, you end up, there are many things I cannot do. So, you know, it's just, tech has become something that I have learned over the years um, and I enjoy it uh, and I enjoy teaching. So I've just basically been trying to keep up with it. But yes, um, what um, Jen was saying is that I do have a handout for 101 digital resources and that you can get free and that's what she'll have there and those are things like FET and iCivics um, they're also things you can use to do projects so and it really covers all three of these categories I've got something for everything and there's 101 and they're all they're all items that are free some of them have paid versions but you don't need the paid version I, I don't have the paid version of any of them awesome Awesome. Well, Meryl, thank you again uh, for sharing all of your knowledge today that you did. And I would love to have you back on here uh, soon. You have, you've got a lot to teach us. So thanks again for joining us today. I teach programming, needless to say. So um, we have almost everything, uh, 
math, we probably will add statistics next year, but that's about the only thing we don't have, but everything else that you could imagine, the basics we have. Fabulous. That was very generous of you. I will put that coupon code in the link in the show notes. And Meryl also has a free download for you guys uh, (laughs) with for digital resources. That'll be in the show notes as well, as well as her full bio, which I encourage you to read. She is you are just a neat, neat person. I get, I could talk to you all day long. I, I learn from you every time we talk. It's just, it's just the case of where you are, you know, it's just the things yeah. that happen to you and your own circumstances. It just, you end up, there are many things I cannot do. So, you know, it's just, tech has become something that I have learned over the years um, and I enjoy it uh, and I enjoy teaching. So I've just basically been trying to keep up with it, but yes, um, what's, Um, Jen was saying is that I do have a handout for 101 digital resources and that you can get free and that's what you'll have there and those are things like FET and iCivics Um, they're also things you can use to do projects so and it really covers all three of these categories I've got something for everything and there's 101 and they're all they're all items that are free some of them have paid versions but you don't need the paid version I, I don't have the paid version of any of them awesome Awesome. Well, Meryl, thank you again uh, for sharing all of your knowledge today that you did. And I would love to have you back on here uh, soon. You have, you've got a lot to teach us. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Homeschoolers Handbook. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you're notified of each week's new episode. And if you would, leave us a review on iTunes. These reviews will help other homeschool parents like you find us. And then join us in the Facebook group, Top Picks Homeschool Curriculum Fair. We have an incredible community of homeschool families there, and we would love to have you be a part.